welcome to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. Contact email, catchoutdoors at gmail.com. Website, catchoutdoors.com. And my Facebook page is Catch Outdoors. Catch Outdoors is presented by the Waypoint Podcast Network at waypointtv.com. I got a couple of books available on Amazon, Kindle, Bridge to Paradise, and What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida. If you live on the Southwest Florida coast, planning to visit the Sanibel Fort Myers area, you should check it out. Book three is in the works. Episode 39, peer pressure. Yeah, a little play on words. P-I-E-R, as in fishing peers. (laughs) There you go. Florida's coastline has roughly 35 fishing piers along its beaches of the east and west coast. Now, that's just fishing piers. That's the ones that are technically piers sticking out of the coastline. Um, And the thing that I actually learned to fish on, uh, my first fishing trip in Florida was on a pier. A bridge pier, which is different, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Well, we'll do it now. I mean, basically, what's happened in Florida, you have you have actual fishing piers designed for fishing put along the coast some have been around for years i'll also talk about that but there are also many many other ways to fish the coastline of florida besides a beach and that jetties old bridges things like that i mean in certain counties of florida if they had a bridge that they replaced and then and you know put a bridge next to the old bridge they would cut the old bridge down and turn it into a, a water access, a fishing pier. And in the case of Clearwater, where I grew up, there was one on the bay side. There was one on Clearwater Bay. And that's actually where I learned to fish or did my first fishing was from a, from one of those bridges uh, that had been replaced by a bigger, newer bridge. And, But the piers themselves are, are I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't want to call it uniquely Florida because there's fishing piers all up and down the coast of the United States, both coasts as well as the Gulf Coast. and But Florida is just unique in the fact, I think, and from my reading, that we have so many of them. Um, over here in Broward County, where I live now, there are three within easy reach of me. Um, and I, I'm talking, you know, less than, well, some of them are less than 20. One of them's less than 20 minutes. The other two are maybe 25-minute drives to get to, um, depending on traffic. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But the fishing off of them is really unique and really interesting. And, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. Also talk about how they play a part in um, just the overall camaraderie of fishermen in Florida, about conversation on piers and things like that. Um, before we get too far into this, while they are called fishing piers, I like to point out that they are also much more than that. Um my wife Janelle and I have, have spent time just walking out on piers with no gear at all, just for scenery purposes. We may be at one of the restaurants that's close to a fishing pier, and we get finished with dinner, we'll get up and walk out on the pier. Uh, most of them do not charge for pedestrian traffic. Uh, it's, and, of course, at certain times. Early in the morning, they might because there's so much fishing going on. But in the evening when the sunsets are happening, or in our case, the sunrise in the morning, uh, a lot of people just walk the pier. Uh, and a great many of them don't charge pedestrians to go out on the pier. And if they do, it's going to be way, way discounted con- compared to what the regular price would be for fishing on the pier. Um, they're used for sunsets and sunrises, as I mentioned. Depends on what coast you're on, of course. Place for reflection. I don't know. It's good for the soul just to walk out on a pier. 
It's kind of like a beach, but it extends out into the water. <laughs> it's great for conversation. Something that I have noticed in my on my pier adventures, as I'll call them, people on piers, fishing fishing folks, anglers, tend to share more information on a pier than they ever do on a beach. As a matter of fact, they kind of like to talk to you on a pier. Um, and especially the non-fishermen, the people that are visiting uh, from out of town, out of state, out of country, uh, tend to come up to you when you're fishing and simply ask you, you know, what are you catching? What are you doing? And they're trying to learn about what's going on in, in our state. And I think that's really, really very cool. Um, I used to go down to Naples a lot uh, with uh, Janelle. We'd do dinner down there. She was working out of Collier County at the time. And, and the you know, we would park in an area off of 3rd, one of our favorite restaurants is their Sea Salt restaurants on 3rd in Naples. And we would park at the lot behind Sea Salt, which is also a public lot, which also has access to uh, Naples Beach and Naples Pier. And so a lot of times after dinner, we would walk out on the pier. And uh, you'd be amazed. It was so easy to strike up conversations with people. It really was. Unlike a beach. I've fished, I have fished a ton of beaches. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love beach fishing, especially along Sadabel Island and Captiva Island. I, like, I love fishing beaches there. Good for snook. But the conversation never seems to be anywhere near like it is on a pier, probably because of proximity. I mean, when you're fishing on a beach, there, there's distance between you. And you may cross paths while you're walking or heading to another fishing spot on the beach, and you might say hello, good morning, good evening, whatever, but, but you don't really strike up conversation like you do on a fishing pier. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about them individually here. I, the, the first one that has always interested me, honestly, the most in Florida, and I've only been on it once, but it was impressive, is the Navarre Beach Pier. Um, Navarre Beach is, is nor, on, the, uh, on the panhandle. Um, it's in Santa Rosa County. Uh, it's between Fort Walton Beach, which would be to the west. I'm trying to get this straight in my head here. And Pensacola Beach, which would be to the east. And Navarre is a town. I mean, it, it is a town. But more people associate it with Pensacola, for example. Um, it is the longest pier in Florida. The thing is, <laughs> it's gigantic. It's 1,545 feet long. Okay, and 30 feet off the water. I just took those specks right off the web. That would make it just over a quarter of a mile long. So you'd have, if you walk to the end and back, you'd have a half mile walk on your hands. Maybe a little better, better than a half mile, actually. It's open in the public in the summer from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. It does have different hours in the wintertime, but the, the pier is open from 5 o'clock in the morning to 11 p.m. Um, it's... It's remarkable. I, I, mean, I can't say it any other way. It is a remarkable pier. It's, it's, I would have to say it's probably one of the most photographed areas, the pier itself as well as photographs off the pier. Uh, if you've never been up to the Panhandle, the water up there is beautiful. It's generally crystal clear. Um, they have sugary, sugar sand beaches, these sugary, it's, it's yeah, puffy, white, sugary sand. Uh, and the fish that can be caught there, uh, the list of fish is pretty outstanding. Just about anything and everything that swims has been caught off of that pier at some time or another. Like many piers in Florida, you can get bait there. You can also rent fishing uh, rods, reels. Um, they have an outdoor restaurant. <laughs> A lot of piers have restaurants on them. Um, 
I'll talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, you can pick up food on it, but of course you can bring your own. Most peers have got rules, lots of rules. So you need to be aware of what, what they allow and what they don't allow. Um, there is no rule in fishing from a boat or a beach on the amount of rods you can have or lines in water, but there is on most piers. So it's, it's good to know that. Uh, I used to get that question a lot from anglers on boats. It's like they'd go, we'd go buy a boat and we called them porcupine boats. We go buy a boat and it's got all these rods sticking out. Usually the tarp, the tarpon guys fishing close to shore, uh, in the, in the spring and into the summer would set lots of rods with lots of baits out and hoping of picking up that one tarpon. And, um, most of the tarpon hunter clubs, I mean, a lot of the guys fish like that in the clubs. And, uh, I'd always get this question because people from up North, apparently, I don't know this for a fact, but the gist of it I got was you're only allowed so many rods per person, uh, in most fishing areas. I don't know whether that's river related or park related or what, but I've, I've certainly heard it from more than, on one, more than one occasion. No, here in Florida, you can have as many rods as you want. I, th I think what you learn early on when you fish in Florida is that not having a hand on a rod is probably going to be a detriment because our fish are sneaky. They're good at stealing bait. They're good at popping you off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's best if you're hanging on to the rod. So yes, you can set a couple off the back of a boat and fish one. Um, a lot of guys do that. Not That's not too unusual. But on piers, what they're trying to do, obviously, is just regulate space uh, because in some piers, there's only so much space to fish. So they do regulate it, too. A lot of times, it's just two. Um, one in the water on some places. You can take several rods with you. You can, you, know, you can take your cart out there with four or five rods, but you can only fish one or two at a time. So that's, that's a fairly big rule, a difference for the rest of Florida, different from the rest of Florida. They don't want you sitting or standing on rails. Uh, generally, they do not allow pets. Uh, there's a good reason for that. Nobody wants their dog to get hooked, and that can happen. So uh, they don't, don't, don't allow pets. You can't, you can't swim or jump off the pier. That's kind of common sense, although most of them don't allow glass. Uh, what else can I think of? Oh, clean up after yourself, of course. They generally have cleaning stations for cleaning fish. They'd rather you not clean the fish in the middle of the pier or on a rail. Uh, they'd much rather you have it take it to a station that's got running water to where you can clean up after yourself. Um, uh, I, I'm looking at one list here. It says all tackle except for one rod and one reel. Ice chest carts, etc. Must stay in the center of the... Oh, that's the octagon at, the, at Navari. That's one of their own special rules. Prices, um, as little as three bucks I've seen, but the average price is around five to seven or eight dollars for a day's worth of fishing. If you are a military, um, active duty military or a senior, uh, typically over 65, you get a discount. It'll be a buck or two off of that price. Um, and kids, it usually has to do with the fishing license side of it. Kids 15 and under will be much less. 16 and over will be more. Now, in the state of Florida, fishing licenses aren't required by any children, whether you're out of state or in state, until you're 16 years of age. Um, and when you go to peers, you are that fee is technically includes a fishing license. In most cases, you, you need to ask, but in most cases, it includes a fishing license. Some peers, if you look them up on websites before you go, will actually have a notation on there saying, hey, you need to need to bring your own fishing license for this one. Our, our, our particular peer doesn't include that. So keep that in mind. Um, 
And again, you can rent reels and you can rent rods at almost any any of the piers. They, they have that available as, as well as bait. Now, while Navari is the longest fishing pier in Florida, it is certainly not the biggest fishing pier, <laughs> not by a long shot. Uh, the Pier 60 fishing pier is large in Clearwater, Florida, but the biggest one of all, the biggest the biggest pier near Clearwater is the Skyway fishing pier. And that's down uh, actually south of Clearwater, south of, over by St. Pete. For those that aren't familiar with it, there's the Skyway Bridge, which is uh, a beautiful bridge and huge. It cro- Basically, it crosses um, Tampa Bay. Um, uh, south, I can't remember where the south landing point is. The north landing point is St. Petersburg. Uh, but it's it's gigantic. Back many moons ago, um, a scary thing happened. The Skyway Bridge was struck by a ship, and it knocked the middle span out um, when it hit. Uh, it was related to storm winds and currents. Uh, when it did, cars and a bus, that's right, a bus fell into the water, killed a whole bunch of people. It was tragic. It was horrible, actually. Uh, the bridge remained closed for a while, and then what they did is they rebuilt um, a new bridge, a new section, and then over time, they took what was left of the downside of the bridge, this would be the side away from St. Petersburg, and turned it into a giant fishing pier, if you will. You can drive on because it's still connected to land on the south side. Um, so it's actually it's actually a park, if you will. They call it the Skyway Fishing Pier, and it is a big chunk of the old Skyway uh, Bridge. So technically speaking, this is the longest pier in Florida. I would say without question, it's probably the most fishiest of all the piers. I mean, we can always argue that, but for all intents and purposes, you are out in Tampa Bay on this thing. As you as you drive onto this pier, it's going to obviously the water is going to get deeper and deeper. And the access to some pretty exotic and some really awesome catches are, are going to happen. And they have happened off of that pier. So if you're, you know, if you're ever on the West Coast and you're in the Clearwater, St. Pete, Tampa area, and you really want to check, you love to fish, I would highly suggest you check out the Sunshine Pier. Um, okay, so now let's go the opposite. Let's go the complete opposite. We've discussed Navari as being the longest pier, uh, jutting off the land, uh, and the Sunshine pier is is obviously it's i guess you would call it it's a pier i mean shoot it sticks out into the middle of uh of tampa bay but you know it's i don't know yeah well let's consider it a pier let's call it that and i don't have a length on it sorry but you can drive a car on it and you can't do that at navari <laughs> so there is that let's talk the shortest piers and, and and i find this really interesting because the two that i'm aware of the two piers that i have fished are both in lee county and they are considered the shortest piers in florida one of them is the boquilla fishing pier which is at the north end of pine island so when you're in lee county and you head out to pine to through uh, what i talked about last week was matt lachey the town of matt lachey you wind up on pine island you hang a right and you go all the way to the end and you wind up in boquilla boquilla is a great little town and jutting out into uh, Charlotte Harbor on the north end is the Boquilla Pier. The Boquilla Pier is, I would say, its, it's most famous fish or snook. Um, they tend to really like that area, although I've seen people po- uh, get pompano, sea trout, redfish, and a lot of thing, other things off that pier. But it's a little bitty. It's a very, very small pier, but very, very effective for fishing. So that's one of them. The other one is the Sanibel Pier. Um, down when you cross onto Sanibel Island, you hang a left and you can actually, uh, 
drive down to the end where the lighthouse is, and right near the lighthouse is the Sanibel Fishing Pier, also small. I think the Sanibel Pier is 108 feet if I'm, I, I don't have that right here in front of me, but I think that's right. Also very, very fishy and also snooky. Uh, for those people that like to go after snook, it's a great location. Now, the Sanibel Pier is unique. Um, its location is positioned in a place where a lot of current runs through. Um, you, if you're standing on the pier and you look to your right, you're looking at Fort Myers Beach. If you look straight ahead, you're looking at the Sanibel Causeway. As, as people come onto the island, you look to the left, you're looking at the landing point of the Sanibel Causeway, and you're looking at what's known as the C-SPAN. The water in front of you is a channel, if you will, that runs dramatically in or out, which would be left or right. Uh, as the water tides come in from the Gulf of Mexico, it pours around the corner, around the lighthouse, and then comes right through that pier and runs toward the C-SPAN bridge, and exactly the opposite happens when the water's running out. The C-SPAN water comes crashing out of the, out of the, out of the bay, and, you know, Pine Island Sound, technically speaking, and, and runs right past this pier. Um, some of the biggest snook I have ever caught are, were near there. And I have never caught a snook off the pier. I've visited the pier. I've walked on the pier. I have never fished off the pier. But I've certainly seen people pull in some monster fish there. I used to fish the beach um, just to, I guess, technically speaking, that'd be to the west, toward the C-SPAN side. And I've caught some beautiful snook off that beach and sea trout. However, when I was guiding that area, I would take boats near the pier, provided nobody was fishing. And this is just a rule I had. Um, common courtesy. If people are fishing on a pier, I don't recommend that if you're in a boat that you go fish the pier from the boat. I don't know. I just find something wrong with that. These people have, have worked hard to get out to the pier. They want to fish the pier. They probably don't have another way to fish. They might beach fish, but the pier for them is like their, I mean, that's their spot. And for you, to crowd in in a boat, I just don't, I don't know. you got a zillion other places you can fish. You've got a boat, for crying out loud, so do the boat fishing. There, I'm sticking up for the pier people. Um, however, <laughs> however, when no one was around, and I'd be there early enough in the morning that, I, that there was not a soul on that pier, obviously, I'd go over there and have my guys fish it, and you'd be surprised what we caught. Some huge redfish, giant redfish under that thing. Now, the trick to a pier fish, once it hits, where does it go? Under the pier. What's under the pier? Lots of pilings. <laughs> Everything in the world that they can wrap you up on. So it's a love-hate relationship. It's one of those things where you do your best to get it out from under there, and a lot of times you don't. When you're pier fishing, the people will use fairly large rigs, heavy line, things like that. So when they hook up, they'll literally just pull that fish basically straight up, try to get it out from under there. In today's world, most large fish that you catch, specifically redfish and snook off piers, are going to be released anyway. Everywhere in Florida, they're closed most of the time. And regulations for redfish uh, pretty much stop when you get up to 27 inches in length. you got to put it back anyway. So, And a lot of these fish are going to be 30, 32, 34 inches in, in, in size. But they're going to be big fish. And that's what's fun. It is. I mean, you get right down to it. That's what's fun. It's big fish. I fished off a lot of piers in Florida. Um, the list, I made a list. I've done Clearwater. That's the Pier 60. 
I've done Pompano Beach, Deerfield Beach, Dania Beach. Those are all over here on the uh, East Coast in, in the uh, uh, Broward County area. Sanibel, the one I just mentioned. Bukilia, I also mentioned. And Naples. Naples Pier. Naples is really interesting. I've only fished off of it twice that I can remember. Most of the time it was for uh, sunset walks. Like I said, with my wife at dinner, we would head out to the pier, walk out, watch the sun go down. It's it's beautiful, and it's positioned in a way that the sunset's perfect. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I've met some very interesting people on that pier, as I've said before. Um, what's unique about um, the Naples Pier is it's considered the oldest pier in the state of Florida. Um, it was built in 1888. And it still stands after being just pummeled by a bunch of West Coast hurricanes, many recent hurricanes, as a matter of fact. But it's still there, and it's it's still still doing what it does. Uh, the fish that I hear most about off that this is kind of funny. The one I hear the most about off that pier is Spanish mackerel. Um, and if you're a Spanish mackerel fan, I am. I like it fresh. I do not like frozen Spanish mackerel, but I find it fairly tasty if it's light fried, especially right after catching it that same evening. Um, but that's one of the that's a, a main catch off of that pier. The uh, bait of choice is shrimp. They'll drop shrimp in the water, and a lot of guys will use these little silver jigs that they drop, and they basically just jig them up straight up and down alongside the pier in hopes of getting themselves a mackerel dinner. I've learned more from other anglers on the Naples Pier than anywhere else. Now, I think the reason for that is, is that most of the times that I've been on the Naples Pier was without fishing equipment. So there's a certain degree of trust. They look at you and they go, well, he's not fishing. I guess I can tell him some stuff. But let me tell you what, Naples Pier is is a favorite spot for a lot of old timers. And I'm an old timer, so I understand that mentality. And and what it boils down to is they've been a, they've been alive a long time. A lot of these guys are in their middle 70s to early 80s. They're from out of state. They have fished everywhere that's why they're on that pier they like fishing so much that just because they've retired in florida doesn't mean they're going to stop they're not as active as they used to be they don't ride around on boats they don't walk beaches they don't do that stuff they go to the fishing pier and they are a wealth of information um if you i've, I've met i know all about fishing the great lakes thanks to guys that i've talked to on the naples pier it's it's really remarkable they have their spots that they go to you can go to the naples pier and you'll find a, a guy i call them the old timers you'll find them in a spot in a special corner a special place that belongs to them that's their spot now they can't be there all the time they certainly aren't going to fish 24 hours a day so you can get a shot at that spot too if you want but most of the time it's more fun to stand there and talk to the guy and pick his brain on what he's done and where he's gone and what he's seen one notable evening, I was out there, and there was a gentleman in his spot fishing, and he he just said hello to me. I said hi, and he he goes, uh, he says, "Are you from around here?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm from up in Fort Myers," and he obviously noticed that I was very very tan. <laughs> Being a fishing guide, that's that's what happens. It turns out this gentleman was a ball player, a retired ball player from the 1920s. He played for the Detroit Tigers. And while we're talking, he reached around his back pocket and pulled out his personal baseball card. 
and handed it to me. I still have it. And it's really interesting. I mean, that's what peers are all about. There's this weird camaraderie and this thing that happens on a peer that quite honestly, it just doesn't happen anywhere else. And that's one of the reasons I gravitate toward them. I really like going to them. And over here on the East Coast, the same thing is true. The peers, the people on peers tend to be very congenial and they like to talk about what they catch, where they catch it, and how they catch it. And you don't find that in many fishing locations. Now let's talk gear. <laughs> the fishing pier gear. All right, if you're just going to go to walk the pier, bring a camera. That's your gear. All right, and obviously most of us carry cell phones around. I would suggest short films too, little movies on your camera. It, it's Photographs are dramatic, but let me tell you what, when you're on the pier, you will see some remarkable things. Uh, one afternoon, we walked on the pier, I don't remember, I think it was the Pompano Pier, and it was raging. The wind was howling. This was like take your hat off wind. Um, we, You lean into it, right, <laughs> to walk out on the pier. But guess who's in the water? Surfers, man. They were, they were working that water edge like nobody's business. They, they were having a blast, and Janelle and I stood there. I got out my camera, my, my cell phone, I flipped it over to video, and I got some sensational shots because you're looking from above. You're looking down at these guys and gals were surfing. Uh, they were paddling out, setting up, riding waves into the beach, and I got some fantastic footage of them because of my angle, because I'm literally out there with them and not just standing on a beach watching them come at me. So... That happens. Happens often. You get a windy day, go to the pier, check it out. I couldn't fish that day, but I could watch people surf. Kind of fun. Um, regular gear for fishing. A lot of folks use carts, um, and I'd highly recommend that because most piers are fair. Even the shorter piers are still long. We ain't talking Navari here, but they're very, very long. Um, the carts are sold at most tackle shops. However, you can use just a I call them office carts, you know, the little fold-up jobs you pop open, put stuff in, and then haul it behind you or take it to the office with your with your stuff in it. It's been a long time since I had to do that, but I do remember it. Um, just rubbing in retirement a little bit for you folks that are still working. The carts, uh, stainless steel would be a good idea. Something of stainless or aluminum. Not stainless steel, I'm sorry. That's expensive. Aluminum. Something that won't rust. Uh, wide wheels on them. I, I, I bought mine with uh, large wheels so that I could actually haul it on a beach if I wanted to over beach sand. Uh, but they also work really, really well, obviously, on the pier. Um, some things to think about. A cooler with ice in it. Obviously, your rods. Um, tackle, your tackle box, tackle bag. Uh, a towel for your hands, pliers. All the typical fishing gear that you would use if you were going to go boating or beaching anyway. Um but it's a little easier with a cart because you're basically just hauling this thing with you. Most essential, a fold-up chair of whatever type is comfortable for you. Um, I would highly recommend it. There are benches on piers. There are places to sit down. But most of the time, the pedestrian traffic that's out there doing what I was talking about earlier, sunset, sunrises, and just chatting with the fishing folks, are also sitting on all the little benches. And when you're fishing, it's very inconvenient because you have to pick a spot with a bench. No, nah, I don't do that. So bring your own. Uh, those little pop-out camp chairs are perfect. Um, you can put your drink in there. And by the way, you can't drink alcohol in almost all piers, but you can certainly bring your, your water, uh, soda pop, whatever it is you want to drink out there. But most of those chairs have got a little drink holder in it. 
So you've got your cart, you got your stuff, you're all packed in one spot, and that's what makes it really, really easy on piers. It's very difficult to carry a load of gear over your shoulders, under your arms, and that kind of thing. And plus, you might want fish cleaning gear. You might want to bring along a, a fillet knife. Uh, you want something to measure fish with, stuff like that. So keep in mind, is accoutrements. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that you got to think about when you're going to go out there and do a little bit of pier fishing. I've already mentioned the piers on the West Coast up in Clearwater. I'm familiar with that because I grew up there and as well as the Sanibel Fort Myers area. I'm familiar with that and the Fort Myers Pier, which I didn't mention. Fort Myers has got a fishing pier. I haven't. You know what? Yes, I have. I fished off of it one time. Most of the time, I'm so busy fishing from a boat in that area, I don't, I don't really need to do the pier thing there, so I can't speak of it. On the East Coast, uh, we have three that I've been on. Quite a bit. The Pompano Beach Pier. That's the one I just mentioned shooting <laughs> photographs of surfers. Dania Beach Pier um, and the Angling. Anglin's Fishing Pier. That's kind of a funny one. Anglin is A-N-G-L-I-N apostrophe S. That is the man's name who built the pier, who started the pier. Anglin. And uh, so it's called the Anglin's Fishing Pier, but it always tickled me because people think it's anglers. Um, those are all the ones that I visited. Last but not least, I get this question a lot about the Florida Keys. Is there a pier? Not that I fished. Are there bridges? Yes. Tons of them. <laughs> the Keys are all connected by bridges. Tons of them. And many of them have uh, fishing are allowed on them. If they're not allowed on the immediate bridge you're on, they're allowed on an old bridge next to it, as I described early in the podcast that, that I learned to fish from in Clearwater. As you move south from Key Largo and you head down toward Key West, uh, there are an amazing amount of bridges that have old bridges next to them that you can actually fish off of. And obviously the angling is going to be quite good off of these bridges. The bridges are built over um, what would be considered a narrow pass in a lot of cases, which water is moving from Florida Bay um, and toward the Gulf of Mexico from the Atlantic Ocean and vice versa on an outbound tide. The tide will be running out into the Atlantic. Many of them hold huge tarpon. Uh, snap, unbelievable amount of snapper under these bridges. If you're looking for a snapper dinner, a mangrove snapper, or even yellowtail in some cases under these bridges, you, you can get that done. Um, it's a first come, first serve, and the bridges that you fish uh, in the Keys are a little different. You're, you're going to park away from them. You park off the side of the road off of, off of US-1, and then you will walk up. Uh, to the bridge and walk out on the bridge. And some of them are lengthy walks, so be aware of that. Kind of gets back to that cart thing I was talking about. One thing I've seen on Keys Bridges that you don't see on piers is, because a lot of piers have some cover, are umbrellas. A lot of people get a, use a big beach umbrella on the uh, Keys uh, Bridges to sit under, to get away from the heat. I mean, in, in summertime, oh heck, most of the time, even in the winter, the sun can be brutal when it's coming right down on you. And if you're not used to it, uh, it's going to sunburn you if you're not covered properly. So keep that in mind. So umbrellas are typically used. I've seen people, I've seen people set up little tents, things like that on these bridges, but the fishing off of those things is amazing. You, you are, you just cannot believe what you can catch, um, under a keys bridge. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend and leave a review. That would be nice. My podcasts are scheduled for each and every Tuesday. Catch You Outdoors is presented by the Waypoint Podcast Network and is available on Waypoint. 
many of your favorite podcast providers. Facebook pages Catch You Outdoors, website waypointtv.com and catchyoutdoors.com. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy.